This is this is not the song I wanted. Just turn it up anyway. Just, that's the end song. Is it the end one? I don't know. I think that's the one he plays at the what end. What are you guys doing? It's, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is this got a little beat. This is a good intro. Turn it up a little bit. Just yeah, so, there we go. There we go. There we go. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Midweek Fix. Obviously, Chalk Knox is not in the studio. But as you can see, he's at the uh, Southern Baptist Convention. And he's tuning in live from the floor, actually from the founder's booth, with our brother, uh, no longer executive committee member, Rod Martin, <laughs> in the house. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh you yeah. are? Oh, we're going to have to hear about that. All right. That's good. Hey, guys, make sure um, the conference registration is live. That's now. what he says. It's live. I would go check right now and see if it's real. My COO doesn't like it. But go to fightlifefeast.com, tap on the Tennessee conference, and you can actually start registering for the conference now. And if you're a club member, you can actually just log into the club portal to register with your club discount and all that stuff. And, of course, if you aren't a club member, you can become a club member and you can get a discount at the conference. Also, we got, uh, man, the speaker lineup is just getting loaded. I don't see any link getting, here for the conference. Yeah, you do. Hey, no. It says, it says I'm conference. I'm not trying to start no stuff. I'm not <laughs> oh, trying to start no stuff, but Rob Martin, a part of that speaker conference, I'm just wondering. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hey, gonna be there. hey, now. Hey, we... we, we uh, uh, we're working on. We discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's live. Let's have that conversation now. Let me finish this. Let me finish my intro. Don't interrupt me. All right. I see. I found it. Did you, you find it? It's I very found easy. the registration. It's there. You just click under events, conference. You under events, click on conference. But if you aren't a club member, become a club member, and you can get a discount, hundred dollars off at the conference for your family, or a hundred dollars off for individual registration. Okay. Uh, and everything. That's so, enough of that. Yeah. Enough of that. There you go. All right. So, <laughs> Knox and Rod, how did Ed Litton get elected? That's a good question. Why don't you go ahead and well, take a stab at that? I reckon I will. Yes. Uh, so we had a, an amazing, amazing time yesterday. Um, it didn't go quite our way, but it was actually a, a phenomenally successful defeat when you consider. Uh, <laughs> we have a first-time candidate, uh, yeah. not well-known in the SBC, although he's been president of the Georgia Baptist Convention. He's been chairman of the executive committee. Mm-hmm. But you tell me how many chairman of the executive committee you can name. Yeah. You know, this is not this is not a widely nationally known name like Adrian Rogers was in 1979. And on the first ballot, Mike Stone came first. I mean, wow. yeah. he he knocked it out of the park. He yeah. was quite a ways ahead of Ed Litton. He was dramatically ahead of Al Mohler. Right. Of course, everybody thought it was just a shoe ad. Al came a distant third. Wow. So on the second ballot, it turned out that a few more Mohler people broke to Lytton than broke to us. And and so we were separated by about 600 votes on the final ballot, but 1,300 people had left the room. And uh, we don't know how many of those were ours, but it was probably <laughs> enough. I, I, you can't know. But, right. but it was an incredibly successful first run, not just for Mike Stone, but for the Conservative Baptist Network. Yeah. And uh, I feel incredibly good about our prospects going forward. Now, I haven't heard final results on Javier Chavez's race for second vice president of the SBC, but our candidate, Lee Brand, won first vice president of the Southern Baptist Convention. So we've been doing well here. We have not done so well on some of the motions, some of the resolutions. I, I would point out as to resolution two, which some of your viewers are following, uh, the the SBC elites on the very very much ensconced upon the uh, resolutions committee 
brought forward a resolution that they deliberately wanted to please everybody. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't please me insofar as they did not even name critical race theory mm-hmm. by name at all. Mm-hmm. But if you take the resolution literally, it condemns critical race theory. It condemns all these things we've been railing against. And I, I think that they are being disingenuous in that regard. And a lot of people on the platform clearly were. But nevertheless, if it were a normal year, you'd think it was a really good resolution. So so we didn't do as badly on that as perhaps we felt like we did. Um, the, the platform, by which I mean pretty much J.D. Greer, absolutely shut down opposition at Mike's over and over. On that particular one, we had people stationed at six different microphones, and somehow magically none of them were called on <laughs> at all. Wow. I mean, it, it's just completely, let's just say it's statistically improbable that that happens in a <laughs> fair meeting. Uh, and, and nothing nothing from the platform really was done fairly. It, it was really a travesty in many, many respects. Mm. And, and yeah, I mean, the other team ran the table all day. There's no question they won. But mm-hmm. they didn't win by much. And I want to tell you, if only out of out of record attendance in modern times, I mean, in, in 25 years, we haven't had such a turnout, and we only lose the presidency by about 350 votes. Right, right. I'm telling you, the conservatives are on the march. The conservative Baptist network is a very viable force. And I'll tell you what else. If Al Mohler had had the sense to come and work with us when we announced CBN instead of publicly mocking us, Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that a lot of CBN members would have been for him and there might not have ever been a Mike Stone candidacy. So honestly, my good friend Al Muller has only himself to blame for his crash and burn. Right. Do you, do you think that this Let Al, Al Mo- for a second. No, no, hold on. You don't oh, okay. Let All right. Sit in for a second. All right. You can go. What? <laughs> Just go. Okay. I think that was very fair. <laughs> do, do, do you think um, Al Muller's um, kind of his influence, his major influence on the Southern Baptist convention is, is kind of dissipated now after this, Roll out. Well, there were a couple interesting things there. Okay, so first, uh, a lot of the attacks yesterday, and and I don't mean from the floor. I mean from the powers that be, mm-hmm. were clearly directed at Ronnie Floyd, mm-hmm. who is the president of the of the executive committee. Now, understand, president and chairman are different. Chairman is the guy elected to chair the committee from among the committee members. President is the full-time staff member who leads the entity day to day, and and Ronnie Floyd, of course, being you know former senior pastor at Cross Church for thirty-one years, huge, huge church, biggest church in Arkansas, and um, one of the biggest in the country. And Ronnie's relatively new in that job. He came, uh, you know, just a relatively short time ago, but he came just at the moment when the Jen Lyle uh, lawsuit needed to be settled, and he settled that. I, you know, I don't know if he should have settled it or fought it. That That's hindsight, and, and I wasn't even on the EC then. Mm-hmm. But he settled the suit, and Jen Lyle is very much back in force attacking the executive committee. A bunch of the uh, sex abuse advocates are out in force attacking the executive committee over that and, and other things that were raised in the two Russell Moore letters, which 
I, I got to tell you, every single person I have spoken to who was on the EC or the EC staff at the time those things allegedly happened says that everything Russell said about it is a pack of lies. Mm. And for one guy to come out with a leaked letter, you know, two weeks before an election, you know, doesn't look at all fishy to me, obviously. <laughs> so, you know, this is this is aimed at blowing holes in Ronnie Floyd and, and also Mike Stone. Message. But, but the whole Ronnie Floyd thing is fascinating because he has been one of the absolute foremost statesmen of the Southern Baptist Convention for decades. Uh-huh. And the unanimity with which the uh, the new version of the elites, now that Mueller has kind of been shunted aside and the new kids are much more in charge, they clearly want Ronnie Floyd fired. And yeah. it couldn't have been plainer yesterday in motion after motion after speech after speech. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's really something to watch. And at the same time, you asked about Mueller. And, you know, I, I don't think Al Mueller's going anywhere. I think sure. he's going to be president of Southern Seminary probably until he dies. But clearly, the center of gravity in the convention has moved away from him. Yeah. You know, the, the left, very much toward Linton and some of the younger guys, the, uh, the right very much in the direction of CBN. And I, I think that is a bit of an earthquake. Al has spent a lifetime trying to make everybody happy. And for once, he was able to make absolutely no one happy. Right. So I think but right. this is one thing that too, I think, uh, message. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much that, so did you see that coming? Cause I didn't see that coming. I actually kind of did. I mean, I wasn't I sure see, of it, but I felt like, look, Here's Al's problem when you get right down to it. In 2016, he was a never-Trumper, and he continued that for years. And then, you know, he he would not stand on the floor in, in Birmingham against Resolution 9. Right. And he actually helped Tom Askell draft the good amendment that failed yep. that would have made Resolution 9 decent. And then at the last minute, tells Askell, well, you know, I just can't stand against a faculty member at the SBC. Well, the faculty member, of course, is Curtis Woods, who was chairman of the Resolutions Committee, who was all in on critical race theory and intersectionality. So he backs off at the last minute, but, oh, wait, he attacks it two days later on the briefing. Well, which is it, Al? Come on. So, So at the moment at which 30 seconds of verbiage would have killed at 9010, he allowed the SBC to pass something it didn't understand that has horribly divided the denomination now for two years. And, and I mean, it is the albatross around all of their necks. They're all backpedaling from it desperately. Right. And there wouldn't be a conservative Baptist network if they hadn't passed resolution nine. Yeah. So this has just been a, this has just been a nightmare for them and for us and for the world. And Al gave it to you. So then last year he comes back and endorses Trump. And he puts out this statement attacking CRT. Again, you can't please everybody if you're going to nuke everybody. Right. And so he lost his left flank to Ed Litton. He lost his right flank to us. And, I mean, there's just no coming back from that. Uh, Knox, That's an interesting analysis. I, I, I That's would, helpful. I want to hear. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to be his hype man. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no I want to hear from you, Knox. No, look, I mean, I want to hear from you. Is an important figure in SBC life, and I'm sure he always will be. And, and none of this is personal. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying he sure. played that about as badly politically as he's played everything else in his life. Well, yeah. So Knox, 
You've been there. You've been yeah. a fly on the wall. I don't know. You've been, I, I mean, I don't know how many fist fights you got into um, while you were there. I don't know how many bapt- babies you baptized without my permission, but. There was one there. There's actually a baby in the convention. But, I saw it. But uh, I'm just, I'm just curious. I, I'm, what's, what's your take on all this? What's been going on? What do you see? Okay. So <laughs> Brad's inside. He knows what's going on. He's a Southern Baptist Presbyterian guy. Just want to support my brothers here. And I'm just watching. And for me, um, I'm watching a, a certain form of, of polity. Is that the right church? Polity can give a, you know, um, I was talking to somebody earlier and I said, you know, when we were talking about freeing the slaves, we use certain sort of arguments to say that why we couldn't do it. Where do we put all these free black people? They can't read. They can't write. Yeah. Um, we, can we send them over back on boats to Africa? Well, that's not going to work. And because we couldn't figure out a system, we allowed a certain sin to continue to permeate our culture because of our politics. And what I'm seeing here right now, from my perspective, is a certain form of politics allowing certain things to remain that, that we should be repenting of. And watching when Tom Masco got up, I was it Monday morning. I think it was to make a motion to rescind resolution nine. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Tuesday morning. For the Tuesday, Tuesday yes. morning, Tuesday morning to rescind resolution nine. I expected at that point for him to be ruled out of order. I expected that he probably would have the same kind of support that I thought he would. That it was amazing how many people just shouted in, in praise of that. Um, yeah. And and yet it was amazing to watch the politics. <laughs> that came up afterwards, I think it's today, yes. that basically said we can't rescind a resolution for the most part because it was of a of a convention of old. So we can't rescind those resolutions. We can't take back their opinion. Their opinion. It's their opinion, and we can't say they can't have okay. it. Right, but the okay. problem is it's the same convention that was... I completely agree. Of convention. course you can rescind a resolution. It's plain as day in Robert's Rules of Order. There is a custom at the SBC that we don't do that, but Robert's rules absolutely say you can. And on a different issue where we had a gentleman, Tom Tucker, who is a professional evangelist from South Carolina. He's the sitting vice chairman of the executive committee. The liberals replaced him on in in, for his second term. They're putting in an Obama supporter. I kid you not. Wow. In place of a Southern Baptist evangelist, the sitting just reelected vice chairman of the committee. And in that argument, by the way, you know, they tried to replace somebody in 2018 the same way at that convention. And the convention overwhelmingly kept the guy who was already there because by custom, they always get a second term. And that's just right. And that's how it's always done today from the floor, from the platform. One of the guys who actually argued on behalf of the other position in 2018 was up there this year saying, oh, tradition doesn't matter. Custom doesn't matter. It's just what the rule says. Well, okay. on Tom Askell's thing, it's not what the rule says. Then a little bit later, we had a motion to amend one of the seminaries uh, seminary report for the year, which violated the rules of order in multiple respects. And we're told from the platform that though the the bylaw, bylaw 31 of the SBC says plainly that messengers may amend an institution's, uh, I'm sorry, report from the floor, they ruled that the bylaw means exactly the opposite of what it says. <laughs> so again, the platform was grossly unfair. 
on issue after issue, playing fast and loose with the rules, interpreting however it served their political interests again and again and again. It mm. was shameful. And, and, and this is the thing, you know, and watching brothers play by the rules and brothers who are playing by the rules are getting broken right now. Their hearts are breaking because they're like, we're yeah. doing everything the way that you said do it. And we're watching you use the rules to keep in certain uh, protecting bases, protecting your traditions. Yeah. And when we're trying to talk, you work for us. Yeah. yeah. Well, you work for us. And when we're trying to talk, you're shutting us down. And this just reminds me so much of when Jesus talked about Corban, right? Yeah. You have yes. used the law. Actually, yes. You have used the law to scapegoat, uh, to get out of taking care of your parents and mm-hmm. say, I'm going to pledge my money to the church so that I don't have to take care of my parents. Right. Well, you should do that. That's a good thing to do. That's a good thing to do is give your money to the church. But your responsibility and what you're doing is sinning because you're trying to get out of your responsibility of holding what the standard is. Right. Yeah. And watching that take place, that's the exact situation. Where you don't get out of that with some sort of polity. You get out of that with a prophet. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. You get out of that with a man of God that comes through and starts flipping over tables. That's and right. I don't know where we're at and how that looks right now, but I mean, it's it's but you don't do. Here's the. Well, I do. <laughs> we were 350 votes away from having a profit. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Out of out of wow. 14,000. Yeah. I mean, but, flip 350 votes, and you have a completely different outcome. And that's the thing I've been telling you guys on the show for a while now. Yeah. This is not the Catholic Church where they go off and they pick a pope, and there's nothing you can do about it. This is not the Episcopalian Church where you've got apostolic succession. This is of those institutions that are impossible for the people to have a say in. This is an institution that every single year, if the people would just show up, Mm -hmm. they can Mm -hmm. own it. And truly, we have 50,000 churches out there. We had 14,000 people in the room, which is amazing and incredible and almost double what we normally have. But if we had had 350 more, not 350,000 more, 350 more people, the outcome would have been completely different and in the favor of the vast majority of Southern Baptists. So again, the answer isn't to take your toys and go home. The answer is to show up and be counted, be men of Issachar, know the times and what to do. And for heaven's sake, remember that this is all a stewardship operation. The SBC is not a church. Your local church is a church. The SBC is a stewardship mission for the tithe money of the saints. And for heaven's sake, I don't want to stand before Jesus and explain why we didn't try to steward it. Yeah. So, so after, because a lot of people, most of the people I talk to here, Rob, are they're they're the first time coming, the first time being wow. here. Yes. The first wow. time, some people were asking me as a Presbyterian, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> I'm like, Let me tell you my last time. Okay, I'm trying to go because I've learned a lot and it's important. But I, one of the things I've told them as they come and said, "Man, I just got beat down. I feel like I was dragged through the mud." And I'm, I'm, our church is now considering leaving. And this is me as a Presbyterian telling them, you don't have the equity to leave yet. No. You haven't, you haven't sweat and put enough blood in yeah. to buy that. That's ticket. right. Um, Amen. And That's right. When you see guys like you and other brothers like Tom Askell who have been in the part of the conservative resurgence and brothers end up fighting like that. You don't leave your brother when he's getting jumped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. You don't, you don't I mean, leave your brother to go so, fight. You get in there with them. So, in the last two weeks, I got accused of covering up sex abuse and things. This is insane. I wasn't even on the executive committee when the things they're talking about happened, and the things they're talking about at the executive committee mostly didn't even happen at the executive committee. I wasn't even there. But we're taking slings and arrows all day long. A handful of people sitting out in blog world 
you know, talking about, oh, well, we're giving up now. We've done everything we can do. You didn't even show up. <laughs> come to the Bloomin' Meeting yeah, and come again. Right, and right. come again. Wow. I've been here every year since 1990. And I wow. quit. Yeah. Message. So, so um, first of all, I want to point out Knox' solid theonomic argument earlier. Good work, man. Way to way to bring that uh, in. What? Your your solid theonomic argument that you brought in earlier with Corbin and Matthew. Oh, okay. good work. Yeah, good yeah, work on that. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and uh, baked in a cake, baby. It's baked in a cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rod, uh, you were you're on the executive committee. I heard you got removed or kicked off, uh, and then you're you're back no, on no. it again. What what happened? No, I. I was not removed from the executive committee, but I did lose my reelection uh, as an officer of the executive committee, which obviously, from my point of view, is a real shame. Uh, there were clearly some people who disagree with that. Uh, <laughs> but but the fact is, if you lead from the front, you're going to get shot sometimes. Sure. And uh, I have not been quiet. Yep. Uh, I have been repeatedly told I need to be quiet. I get lectured uh, quite a bit by EC staff members yep. uh, about about my you know coming on your show and things like that. And uh, I can understand their point of view. I know we're all supposed to be good children and do what we're told by <laughs> the employees. But, <laughs> but, well, maybe so. But, you know, but the truth of the matter is, I think Baptist leaders were probably elected to actually lead. Yeah. And it might be good if more EC members were vocal rather than less. Yeah. So, so yes, I did lose my reelection. I, I, to be fair, uh, I didn't actually lose it because you had to get to a vote of, uh, you had to get to 40 votes to win. And my opponent could not get to 40 and neither could I. And, and at a certain point we were going to be there all day. And I, I bowed out, you know, in favor of my friend who will not vote the way that I do, but he is a good man. And, and I, I really love him and respect him. And, uh, so I'm not an officer, but if anything, that's probably a mistake on their part because now I can just be even more. Vocal. <laughs> well, and Which now, and now you can, you can come on the fight, laugh, feast network now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, to be fair, I actually have a lot more time now. It, it, it's amazing how much time being an officer did take. Yep. And, uh, so I will have a little bit more. So we've no, got, no, we've got some things. <laughs> Yeah, um, I just want to say that I don't want people to know this about us, but we're, we're some jolly guys. If you disagree with us, we would love nothing more than to talk to those people who disagree with us yeah. and who yeah, want to exactly. challenge us. And so and that's how we as brothers want to engage. You know, for us, we can have a beer. Y'all can have a Dr. Pepper. Yeah. We might have a cigar. It's like a root beer. Yeah, okay, we're root beer. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but we want to facilitate, you know, godly conversation that I don't think some. We all have rough edges, and if we can rub that off on each other and show people how to do it in a godly way, that's why we're yeah. here at CP, and that's what we want to do. Amen. We know we disagree. Yeah. He's a Baptist. I'm a Presbyterian. You know, I want to completely waterboard him. He, he, he wants to drown me. You know, okay. We're going to get along. <laughs> but, but my point is saying that we're always open to having a conversation. So anybody on EC wants to come on and challenge us and say, hey, we don't like that. Man, come on, let's have the conversation. I'll grab some popcorn and let's chat it up like brothers and get to the bottom of it. I, Amen. I, I, I invite that. Amen. I invite that. That's where, that's where, then if, if there's something we need to repent of, don't go over there. Come to us. Right. Let's do this Matthew 18. Let's have the conversation private and see if we can have it public and show people how to act godly. So well, I just want to always put the invitation out there. Amen. Well, first of all, I strongly second that. But second, I think that's a much wiser course of action for the leadership of the EC right now, yeah. because the truth is the current leadership has gone to shocking lengths 
to try to pretend that everything is just fine. And and a perfect example, uh, my friend Ronnie Floyd, who helped engineer my removal as an officer, my friend Ronnie Floyd, uh, stood up before the EC on Monday and gave four reasons that we have record turnout. And and it's not even a small record. I mean, this is double the number of messengers we have had in 25 years. You know, it's an extraordinary turnout. And, And he gives four reasons for this. And among the reasons were things like the EC has done an especially good job this year of promoting the meeting. <laughs> and, oh, oh, my personal favorite, Baptists didn't get to meet last year, and they're just hungry to be together. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that was it. You know, didn't mention critical race theory. Didn't mention a four-way presidential election. Didn't mention any of the things right. that Baptists are actually discussing, including the sex abuse issue. Right. That, Honestly, we I don't think the way we tackled it on the floor of the convention was the right way to do it. I think there's some real flaws in, in what they're trying to do there. But attacking sex abuse is the right thing to do. And I said in my statement about the EC investigation the other day, and y'all probably saw it on Twitter, you know, I, I said flat out, I believe these men, they're godly men. I believe that the things that are being discussed did not happen under their watch. But if they did, I will personally lead the charge to hang them high. Yeah. I mean, we will find the nearest scaffold and, and just hang them ourselves. There will be zero tolerance of sex abuse at all. Right, so yep. even on that, the, the leadership will not stand up and address the issue head on. They would rather talk about, oh, well, all these people are just coming because they're happy to be together. <laughs> this is nuts. And if they would come on your show and other shows, and honestly engage about the issues that Baptists are caring about right. enough to produce a record turnout at this convention, right. the SBC would be a lot healthier and everything would be better for everybody. Oh, okay, so on the on the, uh, on the the sex abuse thing real quick, I, I think, um, uh, didn't didn't Jared Longshore have some, some kind of motion where he was going to bring something up uh, at, at SBC about like, so Russell Moore looking into Russell yes. Moore's letters yeah. and stuff? Did that go anywhere or do anything? Yes. So he, go ahead. Oh, well, uh, you no, can no, do it no, if you no, want. Ahead, ahead, well, I want to say this and then he can have at it. I'm not going to say what I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the point Jared was making correctly is that if Russell Moore's parting Molotov cocktail had any truth in it, and you know, we've heard the term disgruntled ex employee. Right. I mean, seriously, <laughs> he, he leaks yeah. two, not just one, but two letters in the span of a week that just happened to attack all of the people he most hates in the world. Right. You know, specifically Ronnie Floyd and Mike Stone, who who initiated and led the investigative task force into the ERLC. Right. Oh, not an accident that Russell wants them investigated back. And then, and second, uh, of course, he also might have mentioned one other member of the executive committee, uh, some Martin fella from Florida. Oh, oh yeah, no. yeah, that guy. <laughs> okay, because he really hates me. Okay, so, so he drops bombs on people on the way out the door. We're supposed to take this seriously. And Jared's motion was aimed square at that. Right. If Russell Moore has known of evil white nationalist sex abuser racist types it, all through the SBC for 18 months right. and informed his board 18 months ago and they covered it up for 18 months, 
they need to be investigated. Yep. And that is a completely legitimate point. They weren't talking to us. They didn't say anything to us. Mm -hmm. They didn't do any Matthew 18 stuff. They didn't do right. any investigative right. stuff. They didn't do any press releases. They didn't do anything. They wait until it is politically beneficial to Russell Moore to make these outrageous false claims. Right. And, I, and they better be outrageous and false or Russell Moore engaged in an 18-month cover-up. Right. And how... And let's just say they're true for a second. Who wants to be those people who have who hoped that Russell Moore would have spoke for them? Yeah, exactly. Right? Like who who wants to be? As, and this is something serious for me. If I'm a black guy and I'm dealing with racism inside of with my Christian brothers, and my brother knows that I'm dealing with this stuff, and I'm thinking that he's going to go for bat for me because he's holding a position of power, and instead what he does is use me as a token. Yes, to be able to move politically, like you said. So that he can accomplish the goal that he wants to accomplish with my hurt? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And right. Look, we have a credentials committee process precisely because Russell and JD pushed for it. And by the way, I'm all for that. That's fine. I, I think some of the implementation could be tweaked, but but the point is sound. We don't want churches in our denomination that endorse or abet racism or sex abuse. That's all gotta go. That's completely good. But my point remains. I looked all of the people that he claims did something wrong in the eye. And these are pastors and lay people of, of the utmost credibility for years. So I, I have every reason to believe that the Bible is accurate, you know, because, you know, God wrote it and all. When it says <laughs> that we, I will not even entertain a charge against an elder except on the, the testimony of two or three witnesses. That's right. I went to each and every one of them and I asked them point blank. I looked them in the eye and I said, and I did this to Ronnie and to Roland Slate, our chairman, repeatedly by Zoom and in person. And I said, are you guilty? And they all said, no. Do you know anyone who did any of these things? I do not. Yeah. And I told them all, and I looked them all in the eye, and I said, mm. if you're lying to me, I will be the one coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, will, this will not end. I will not rest. And you're not getting me off the EC. And sure enough, they didn't. Yeah. And so... So I will make their life a living hell if they're lying. But if they aren't lying, you've got a bunch of godly men with reputations going back decades who got slandered by one guy on his way out the door, who, by the way, switched denominations immediately. You know, yeah. we've been told all this time about how he's a faithful adherent to the Baptist faith and message. He's an entity head. He ought to be. But no, no, out the door, straight to a church of a different theological persuasion, you know, throwing bombs at everybody. Yeah. Come on. Mm -hmm. We know what this is. It's a political hit. Yeah. The other thing, so I wanted to answer your question about with Jared. Yeah. His, his motion, that was a motion, right? I believe it was sent off to the ERLC to consider. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's true. Of course. It's ridiculous. It, of course. What's about that, though, is the fact that I believe people got mad at Ronnie Floyd because he decided to put a together outside entity yeah. That he chose to investigate the, yes. the executive committee, and they were mad because he chose the outside group. Okay. Well, yes. what, do, what does that mean when the ERLC gets to decide on whether or not they are going to choose to be investigated? <laughs> oh, I know. It's completely ridiculous. Right. The whole attack on Ronnie Floyd is that he's picking the investigation as if he's investigating himself. And that's completely not true. Right. The outside investigation is to be conducted by a group called Guidepost Solutions, which is exactly the group that Al Mohler used at Southern Seminary, and exactly the group that Rachel Den Hollander, the, the sex abuse uh, victims advocate, 
uh, an attorney, uh, has been telling Ronnie Floyd she wanted him to hire to investigate the EC for three years on mostly on the Jen Lyle case, which, of course, is the genesis of this now. Jen Lyle was not abused at the EC. I mean, I understand her argument that she was. What happened is Baptist Press ran a story that didn't take her side of the story. And so she sued the EC. And in mediation, the EC decided to settle her defamation claim. As you know, uh, she claims that she and I say claims not to impugn Jen Lyle, but just because I don't know. And, and there hasn't been a court that's adjudicated it. And I don't want to slander anybody. Right. But but Jen Lyle claims that she was abused over a 12 year period by Professor David Sills from Southern Seminary and then later other places. And uh, that story has been well publicized. So her claim against the EC was defamation, not abuse. Right. Mm. And that happened when, well, actually, I'm not sure if it was Frank Page or Augie Bodo, who was president of the EC at the time. We had the interim period after Frank quit and, you know, Augie was president. But it was before Ronnie even showed up. The only thing Ronnie had to do with it was to settle the case. And, and Mike Stone wasn't involved in it at all. And I wasn't even on the EC. And yeah. that's who Russell hits. So, you know, it's just a political head job. It's ridiculous. But if there was wrongdoing, and I find out about it, I will be going after these guys because they will have lied to me, and I will not tolerate that any more than I'll tolerate the sex abuse. Right. So what do you, uh, we got to wrap this up here, but what, what do you expect to happen today? It sounds like there's going to be a lot of debate around resolutions. You know, what what's going to happen today? It's over for the most part, isn't it? Largely think, over at, at 3 or 3.30, I, I believe we still, still have an abortion resolution that we're going to debate, and um, there might be one other. And um, again, I would I would note there have been a slew of these things that were really aimed squarely at Ronnie Floyd, and one of them in particular had to do with who has the right to uh, enforce the rights of the Southern Baptist Convention as sole member of the different entities. What that has to do with is the removal by Southwestern Seminary of two of its trustees. They were they were litigants in a case uh, that Southwestern brought against another foundation that they were also on the board of, and and the Southwestern uh, uh, president Adam Greenway decided to just remove them from the board. Well, uh, with great respect to my friend Adam Greenway. Um, Texas law doesn't really let you suspend trustees. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know a little more about Texas law than, than my good friend Adam. And um, you can't suspend a trustee without that being a removal. That is just what the Texas Business Organizations Code says. And so they suspend these guys. Well, look, if an entity can suspend a trustee or remove a trustee, the whole idea of sole membership is a dead letter. You know, only the Southern Baptist Convention has the right to uh, to elect or remove a trustee. And, the, you know, Ronnie Floyd and the attorneys at the EC sent them a strongly worded letter, you know, saying, yeah. hey, you guys can't do that. You know, you, you can do a lot of things, but you can't do that. Right. And uh, they didn't try to do anything to them. They just advised them that this wasn't acceptable uh, under our system. And uh, Southwestern, let's just say, reacted poorly to that. What, what so is you mentioned? This resolution the, was passed. You, you mentioned again, the, uh, as a vote of no confidence in Ronnie Floyd. And I'm the the biggest surprise actually this week is the degree to which the seminary presidents and other leaders of the convention united against Ronnie Floyd. Huh. 
I, I just find that amazing, and and I'm sure it's not over. You mentioned the uh, abortion resolution that's on the table. I, I heard that it's going to be voted on on the floor or something debated, like that. Debated and voted. Uh, what what do you suspect is going to come out of that? That's, that well, that, that well, that's amazing. So first of all, just a part of that story that's amazing. It's so they submitted this resolution. This resolution wasn't accepted, and then Bill Askell gets up there and just pulls off. I mean, just if you want a, a, a lesson in rhetoric and winning the room, <laughs> it, it, was, was it was amazing. First of all, I just there's a lot of things I want to say about that. When you're in a room with about twenty thousand people, something like seventeen thousand, fifteen thousand, okay, and you bring um, a baby, and you have you to win. convince them. Yeah, brilliant. First of all, but you you have to convince them to bring out a resolution that the resolutions committee didn't think it was necessary to bring out. The way you have to communicate to those people to understand that this is necessary to get a two thirds vote takes a lot of wit and intelligence to do. Mm -hmm. And what he got up there and did to get that resolution pulled out was brilliant. Um, And so he got it pulled out. I think they're going to decide today whether or not to have that resolution. Um, voted on. Right? Yes, that's that's and my so, understanding of it. And and by the way, that is a, a resolution calling for the abolition of abortion. Yeah. And I was so disappointed in James Merritt, who's chairman, of, former SBC president, chairman of the resolutions committee. Uh, he and his committee made the argument that we have had enough resolutions on abortion. We don't need any more. Everybody knows where the Southern Baptist Convention stands on abortion. Well, excuse me. We have a resolution on slavery pretty much every year from 1995 <laughs> to the present. There has been a slave in this country other than human trafficking in a century and a half. We have babies being slaughtered this instant right. in America. Mm. All across this country, babies are being mm. murdered. Right. And the Southern Baptist Convention doesn't need to speak to that. Right. I think their priorities are completely whacked. Let me pause you right there. <laughs> if we say that we care about black people the way we say we care about black people, yeah. there there isn't a place where more black people are being killed in America than the abortion clinics exactly. right now. Right. And to not push for the abolition of abortion tells me how you really feel about black people. If you oh. care about black you people, like, you'll stop murdering like, their babies. Like, if you care message. about women, you'll stop killing women babies. Yeah. That to me is like a disconnect in the logic that I can't seem to understand. Like when I saw that, I'm thinking you wow. have black people committing genocide at three times the rate of white people and you're sitting here soft on abortion? Yeah. I don't believe you for one second would you say you care about that. That hurts. Hey, we so can, we I'm can waiting apply. to see what happens this afternoon yeah. because hopefully there's some redemption there. I believe in repentance. So yeah. <laughs> well, we can apologize for things people did before I was born forever. I mean, that's fine. We can do that every year. I don't have a big problem with that. But what on earth are we doing not dealing with a current moral crisis? Right. We're talking about millions of infants being slaughtered right. all the time. And, but, right. but from the platform, we yeah. are told by our resolutions committee, appointed right. by J.D. Greer, right. that we don't need to address that because, hey, people have heard enough of that. Wow. I, I was shocked. Wow. I was shocked even, even coming from those guys. I, I couldn't God believe I heard messages. it. Praise God for the messengers for that two-third vote that decide to come out and say, no, no, we need to have this up there. So Amen. we're going to see this afternoon where that ends up at. So. Amen. Hey, Thanks, great man. to talk to you guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hey, man. Thanks, thank you, guys. Can't wait for you to get back home, Knox. But, hey, guess what? We'll be back in Tennessee in September. Yes. So back in, right. in Tennessee in September at our Fight, Laugh, Feast conference. we got Pastor Vody Bakken coming, Doug Wilson. we got the Sheologians going to be out there. What? we got a lot going on. 
There's a lot more rolling out. You guys got to sign up now. You can go to our website right now, fightlifefeast.com. Click on the Tennessee Conference under events and sign up. Registration is going to be full. If you can full find house. it. We're going to be even fuller than the Southern Baptist Convention. Oh. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Hey, come home soon, Knox. I'm on my way, man. If you're single, get married. married. If you're married, you should make him do it. Close us out, Knox. Have kids. You guys might want to close your ears. Go baptize them. Until <laughs> next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and truth. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics.